Welcome back to the 15 on the 15th, our bite-sized book club series featuring podcasts designed to help you digest short articles, no more than 15 minutes of reading required. This 15-minute recipe for success is a pinch of insightful reading and a dash of engaging discussion that blends together research and classroom practice. My name is Katie LaShawn, and I'm the director of our English as a New Language program here at the University of Notre Dame. I'm joined today by our program coordinator, Jenny Deese. Welcome back, everyone. We're so glad that you've joined us during this Advent season. We're also joined today by Father Joe Capora, a faith-filled Holy Cross priest, a powerful advocate for Latino children in Catholic schools, and a dear friend. What a pleasure it is to have you join us today, Father Joe. Thanks a lot, Katie. Thanks, Jenny. Today we're going to speak about Latino access to Catholic schools, and we will be referencing Father Joe and Dr. Luis Fraga's article that appeared in the 2016 Journal of Catholic Education, Es Su Escuela Nuestra Escuela, Latino Access to Catholic Schools. Uh, make sure you click the link below the podcast to access the article for today. There's so much great information in this article, Father Joe. It's such a gift to the church, so thank you for your work on this. Um, I was hoping you might start us off by describing the changing demographics of the church and why this is important. In English or in Espanol. So <laughs> that, already, me, but that, no, that already speaks to the reality of the, the, the demographics really are changing faster than we, can, than we can, can keep up with them. For 50 years, people have been saying this is going to happen, and now it has happened, where we no longer talk about the church the future of the church being Latino, but actually the present church is more and more Latino. So maybe I'll just give two or three data points that will speak to the reality of it. So, you know, out of 100 Catholics between the ages of 0 and 10, 58 are Latino. So already in the under 10 category, it's more than half. And that's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. Um, Latinos have accounted for more than 70% of the growth of the church since 1965. 70%? Wow. Of the growth in the church. It's amazing. Yeah. Otherwise, to be quite frank, we would be shrinking in size. We would come out a little bit looking like Methodists or Presbyterians in terms of, you know, still till today, we are... Catholics are one out of four Americans. That's been true since I was a boy, but that would not be true if it were not for Latinos who have accounted for that much growth in the church. We'd be, we'd be falling off faster than a three-year-old in a homily, <laughs> as it were. My four-year-old, there you go. So I don't know if you want more data than that, but there's so many other, you know, the, the median age of Anglo women is 42. Latina women, 27. So In the church? No, that's nationally. Um, I see what you're saying. But, but it ju okay. you can just see at age 27 who might have more children. And all of your educators should know your median age is not the average. It's <laughs> as many above as below. Jenny so, and I are looking at each other, not wanting to reveal our ages here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm doing some math no, in but, my head. <laughs> but the point, you know what I'm saying, of course, when you look at those numbers, you say, go, wow, wow. Um, and they're influencing the church. Latinos are influencing the church in powerful ways everywhere. Absolutely. Father Chuck, could you make the bridge for us to, 
if we're understanding the demographics of the changing demographics of the church um, to be something that is very hopeful and full of growth and vibrancy, can you make the bridge to our Catholic schools? What also does this mean for our Catholic schools in looking at the changing demographics of our church? Well, the first way to look at it is it's an opportunity God gives to Catholic schools to serve a community that has been underserved, which the church should always be doing. So in the first instance, Latinos are an invitation from God for our schools to serve people who have not been served well or not served at all. Um, to provide and give a Catholic education to the most recent group of immigrants, as the church has always done in Catholic schools in this country. Absolutely. A, a byproduct of that is that our schools will stay open. That's a whole other piece of it. Uh, I don't want to start with that, starting with, with seeing this as divine providence, this opportunity to serve Latinos, and as a result, our schools will stay open, and so will our parishes. And I believe that... Um, you know, immigrants have always made the church slightly countercultural because they never quite fit in. So they always made the church a little bit countercultural. But one would have to say that in the past 50 years, the church has become not so countercultural, but looking like America. I don't want that to sound as a bad thing, but looking like. Um, some mid-sized corporation. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Latinos have a chance of bump, bumping the church to be slightly countercultural again. I mean, who else has street processions on December the 12th, <laughs> rain or sun or snow, or goes to Las Mañanitas at 4 a.m. to sing? N n now, these are all things that all cultures did. As a boy, oh my God, as growing up in an Italian parish, we were in processions and did things in the streets, uh, walked with the statue of our Blessed Mother. But those were sort of countercultural things that gave the church a feeling that it wasn't just another institution in, the, in, the, in America. So Latinos now arrive with um, a sense of just doing these same kinds of things. Um, and can maybe bump the church to being a little countercultural again, which is what it should be. Father Joe, how do we reach out to these families in this beautiful culture and welcome them into our schools and parishes? Yeah, well, um, I guess the first thing would be just to be with them. And then after that, you don't have to do it. It'll just happen. The culture of encounter, which Pope Francis Right, all the time. You just, you just, just go be with them. Uh, listen to them. Um, the other day I gave a talk to um, an MDiv class about the Latino community, and, that's, and, they, and they asked, it's a good question, you know, how do we reach people who are Latino or who, or who uh, prefer to speak in Spanish? And the answer is, well, just go be with them. Um, and then see what happens after that. I can tell you, nothing bad will happen, so... Um, now that sounds a little bit like a little bit Pollyanna-ish. I mean, then there's some strategies and techniques and knowing how to think things through. But in the first instance, just sort of go there and and be open to being changed in the most beautiful ways um, by your encounter with someone sure. who 
um, who is different. We're seeing this right now at, uh, which is where Claire is. I know you're probably all missing Claire today. Uh, Claire is preparing for our very first Our Lady Guadalupe celebration oh, at okay. um, our Holy Cross Parish and School just down the street. Um, but to be open to new ideas, new celebrations, um, even even the, the, holy, the first meeting we had for the Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, planning service was in Spanish, and that is entirely new for wow. our parish. Um, wow. it j- just... Just being open um, to changing the way things have always been done is is often a result of encountering new people. And so um, we completely agree with you. Uh, Father Joe, is there anything else? What else should our schools be? Um, what can we do uh, to better welcome these families? Maybe three, just three tangible ways our listeners can um, begin to welcome these families and children into their schools. Well, the first thing I would say is to see all of this change as divine providence, um, not just some sociological phenomenon that people are moving here to escape political situations, or but to see it as the way God is working. So if you believe that, then that's all you got to do. But that is one very, without that, without that, it doesn't matter any technique, any strategy, any whatever, it's going to matter. What matters is how you see what's happening right in front of you. That's one thing I would say. A second thing that, that I would say is, uh, you know, the principal has to look at the school and figure out, or the whole staff, who gets it, and then really ask that person to be an ally in helping everyone get it. Um, we've seen often enough that if only the principal is on board, it's not going to be enough. So we've got to make a few. You've got to make a few allies, and then people, by and large, will not be totally resistant, especially if the invitation comes from peers. So that's the second thing: is sort of prepare your staff. Absolutely, um, we speak about that a lot when it comes to English language learners, and it's kind of find the people in the faculty mm-hmm. lounge and at the water cooler who are allies in this mission. Yes, um, and yes. we're not saying to ignore those who are not, but we all know that that's the reality of any workplace of any of any school. So we say the same thing: find those that are at first are with you uh, to strengthen this mission. Right, right. Um, that's the second thing, and then the third thing would be. Um, I mean, let's presume there's already some Latinos in the school, um, even if it's only 5% to 10%. Find a way to really work with those people who are already in the school to know how to become more welcoming and reach out in better ways to people who don't know about the school, are on the fence about the school, thought the school's not for them. So see it as the work of God. Secondly, find allies from amongst your own staff. And third then, Get, get some of the parents that are already there to, to assist you in the next level. Absolutely. And those things, guess what? They don't cost any money, <laughs> which is always the major concern. That's the cost, news, I didn't even right? say go out and buy a book. I didn't even say that. Just do things that are doable, and they're all free, and they all will give fruit. It's absolutely beautiful. And all rooted in that idea of encounter helping people to see each other and to celebrate each other more fully and just build relationships, which is just a beautiful part of this mission and outreach. And it requires, you know, uh, one Saturday ago, we had 100 Notre Dame students go shopping and bought gifts for 22 families. They bought them, wrapped them, brought them to the families. But we always begin by a little talk, 
you have to understand that they're going to give you something too. You are going to give them something, but they give something back to you. So please don't go in the sense of, I'm coming to save your life. For God's sake, Jesus already did that better than you could ever do it. <laughs> but go in the sense of, what are you going to receive from them? Kind of the way we are, we're beginning to think about integral human development. Like, everybody has something to give. So when, we, when, when people make, when you make a sustained effort to reach out to the Latino community, uh, I would say don't do it from a position of strength and they're in a position of weakness, but we're in a position of humanity or whatever word you want to use. We both have things to give and to receive. Um, Father Joe, this has all been absolutely wonderful, and you've worked with so many schools and dioceses across this country. Can you think of one that might offer just a shining example of things that they've done particularly well and the growth that they've experienced because of it? A diocese or a school? Either one. A success story for us to yeah, reflect yeah. on. Okay, the, the Archdiocese of Omaha has now had increased growth four years in a row. That's pretty amazing for any diocese, and in that diocese, it's because of Latinos. Growth but, in their Catholic school enrollment. Yes, I'm sorry, growth in Catholic school enrollment. Uh, it's not been without its challenges, but quite frankly, they have found someone to work in the school's office who knows how to do it. And so that person has been driving it and driving it and driving it. And is this position Latino outreach? or um, I don't know what they call it, but that's what it is. Okay. Yes, yes. It seems pretty, I don't know of anyone who's done it without a dedicated person or two, Omaha is up to two now, doing that work. At the diocesan level? Yes. There are plenty of schools that have done it as well. Um, and there it just requires a... a a, a principal who's willing to um, sacrifice a lot to make this happen, but but is not complaining about it, wants to do it. Father Joe, I mean, it has me wondering, kind of during this season of Advent and the season of following our own star and our own sense of hope, right? This this series, this journey. I'm just really curious, on a very personal level, how did you get into? this work? How did you decide that this was your particular calling, um, either as a Holy Cross priest and then as this particular, serving this particular population in our church? Well, like everything in life, I just sort of stumble upon it. I have no idea where I'm going, what I'm doing. Then I just go, oh, I guess I'm doing that. So when I went to Arizona to be the pastor of a parish, the parish was mostly Mexican-American and Mexican. And... Um, the, the, the high school kids were not graduating high school, and I could not figure out why that was the case. They were certainly smart, and they had younger siblings in fourth grade, and they were all smart. So what happened? In the long and short of it is, I decided, after some research and looking around, these kids need Catholic schools. So we began one. And um, without knowing it, that sort of has marked my journey as a priest. And to start a Catholic school in a time frame in which... Our schools are, by and large, closing and not opening. And that's the, absolutely amazing. The 10th poorest parish in the Diocese of Phoenix. It was a very poor parish. But I would say you have to go to those MRP events. MRP means meet rich people. You have to just show up at them. And in and, and those days, this is 25 years ago, so you didn't have, the things were not electronic. You had business cards in those days. And the ways that today we often don't have those same kind. I guess we have them today. But anyway, anyway, but this is all a work of God. Um, 
I never knew that's what I was doing. I was doing the next thing I thought I was supposed to do. But it has come to, I've come to see it as a movement and as a, a movement whose time has come. And, uh, and you know, people have listened. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're still making, I don't know if we're making baby steps or toddler steps, but we're advancing and people are listening. We have a long way to go. But I was thinking today, you know those boots that everybody wears, those, like those duck boots, I think they call them? What do they call those? You're so much more hip than we are no, here. Like, <laughs> you, like, you live with the undergrads in Notre Dame. Anyway, is, you know those kind of boots like Patrick had them on at Mass this morning? <laughs> yes, I, they're, they're, they're like the L.L. Bean rubbery. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no way they had to advertise to sell those to 50 million people. After the first 5 million bought them, everyone else just bought them. Because it just catches. Do you need a Christmas present, Father? Too? No, 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 no. <laughs> but, I'm, but I think of this in the same way. We're still selling the first five million to put, put out a number there. But at a certain point, it, they don't even have to advertise it anymore. People will buy it because everyone else has it. That's my, my hope for how this is going to go with Latinos in Catholic schools, that we won't have to be swimming uphill forever at a certain point. People will just get it. Couple things would be number one. Um, thank you all out there for stumbling upon our podcast. To use Father Joe's words. Secondly, Father Joe, you do. We are all involved in multiple initiatives here, um, working at working on this specific work. Um, so my question to you is: Could you just give us like a five second rundown of what are the initiatives that are coming out of the Alliance for Catholic Catholic Education, um, in which people can get involved in this particular topic? Well, the Latino Enrollment Institute, which has been the most successful arm of the Catholic School Advantage campaign, um, I'm sure you could go online and just Google it. I can, that'll be better than me telling you about it right now. And then we have a thing for school pastors. And if you're listening to this and you think your pastor might benefit from coming to a four-day workshop on Catholic schools and the role of the pastor, you might want to suggest that he think about it. That's another thing you can find on the website called School Pastors Institute. Um, well, you know about ENL because that's why you're listening, but that's a whole nother initiative that um, is part of this whole movement of, of, of embracing the Latino world and helping people think about it. Um, and that's, well, you probably have that website already. Um, those are things that I would think of at, at this point. Absolutely. And check back with, in with us in the spring. We're working on a new um, three-day conference uh, to kind of more for individuals, more to come on that. Um, but certainly we just want people to be more knowledgeable about this topic um, and to meet Father Joe in person. Uh, we'll have all of those things available um, in a little bit. Father Joe, thank you for your time this morning and your expertise in this area and your gift to the church. We are so grateful and um, honored to be involved with you in this in this initiative. It's just truly a blessing. I was wondering if you might close us in a little prayer, yeah. Advent blessing for our listeners before we wrap things up. Yeah. May God who knows the depths of our hearts increase in our heart, our hunger and our desire for him. And may he make us like Mary who, though she was very busy preparing for her trip, was always aware of her son. Make us always aware of Jesus. 
This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father Joe. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Our pleasure. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you are passionate about ensuring that culturally and linguistically diverse children, specifically Latino children, thrive in our Catholic schools, we invite you to learn more about the Catholic School Advantage at catholicschooladvantage.nd.edu. On the website, you can find out more about the Latino Enrollment Institute and the School Pastors Institute and the ENL program. As always, if you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to our channel and don't forget to share it with a friend. We love to hear your feedback and to support you in any way we can. So never hesitate to reach out or send us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you've learned and what you'd like to continue learning about. Many blessings on your Advent season and have a wonderful week.